been a while, but welcome back to the Flat Out RC podcast, a podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. My name's Andrew Sill, coming to you from the land down under in sunny Melbourne, Australia. That's right, we're back after the summer hiatus, the summer break that I normally take during January, uh, but we're back now. Uh, I have a guest, someone that's been on before. I thought I'd get a friend on to start, kick off the year. Tony Wilson from the Bairnsdale Club coming on to have a chat about the shenanigans that are going on down that way uh, in this year. But we need to have a chat. I need to share with you some news. So let's get on to it. Well, the summer break is over and I had a good break, uh, I must say. Uh, I've got a lot of different interests in life, uh, a lot of different activities that I enjoy. For those that have been listening to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say numerous times how I get bored really easily. Um, and so I've always got a sort of searching to be stimulated in some way, shape or form through different activities. Uh, I'm talking about hobbies and stuff like that. So uh, this summer, I spent a lot of time jet skiing. I bought a jet ski uh, a year or so ago. And uh, this was the first sort of summer that I had it. And enjoyed taking the family out, exploring the bay, Port Phillip Bay, up at Lake Eildon, uh, up there a fair bit. So I got out on that a fair bit. I did go for a fly uh, down at, uh, the Ballerine Peninsula when I was down there over the holiday break and, uh, really enjoyed that, but I didn't get a lot of time, a lot of spare time due to a lot of different circumstances. But anyway, uh, we are back and generally at this time of year, I do a lot of thinking. It's my peak wind down time. Uh, the whole year is just a blur of running around doing different things for me. And, Christmas time break down here in Australia is always a time where uh, I get get to have a good break. Um, I run my own business and all my all my customers are on holidays as well. None of them are thinking about work, so I'm not thinking about them or their work or deadlines or anything like that because it's sort of like we're all having a break. So it's the time where I do a fair bit of thinking and and I was plotting and planning as and thinking about what I'm going to do with this podcast and my activity in the in the aero modeling sphere and stuff like that. And I'll be honest and say that, you know, producing this podcast, the trickiest thing is just finding the guests and keeping that that stream of guests coming. And uh, it just takes a bit of time and you have to have the enthusiasm to do that, uh, to keep on searching for new guests, reaching out to them, trying to arrange recording times and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's just getting harder and harder and I'm getting busier and busier with lots of different things in my life. So I had a bit of a think about what am I going to do with this podcast? And one of the things I realize is when you scour the world for podcasts and aero modeling, radio control sort of podcasts, I'm pretty much the only one that has been doing weekly podcasts. So I've had a pretty good crack of 130 something episodes, you know, going weekly besides my January hiatus. And I think that's been pretty good. And I'm pretty proud of that fact. I think the time has come is where I've got to change my schedule. Um, That doing the weekly things becoming harder and harder. So I'm probably going to look at fortnightly um, or when I find good guests, I'll do a podcast. So I'm still up in the air, but I think I'll start by doing the fortnightly podcast, which will ease the, the load and give me a bit more time to, to get organized with stuff. Uh, and, you know, if they're longer episodes, I'll do part one, part two. So basically the the schedule of these podcasts might vary depending on, what I've got to do in life. Now, it's all about a matter of priorities. And I know many of you aren't going to be upset. It's not such a big deal whether I decide to do weekly, fortnightly, daily, or anything like that. It's not going to change circumstances. Um, I don't make any money out of this. There's no money to be made in the air. modeling hobby, really. Nobody wants to sponsor a podcast. It's a relatively small audience. Um, and it's really just a piece of entertainment that I hope you enjoy that I've enjoyed producing. When I stop enjoying doing it, though, I'm going to stop. Uh, um, but I'm still, I still want to keep on doing it at some level. So, the moral of the story is, 
I am changing the schedule of the podcast. There will still be episodes. There's a, there's a big backlog now. I've got a big backlog of um, episodes for people to listen to. And surprising, even through January when I didn't produce any content, uh, people will still be listening to episodes because um, there's always one that you haven't listened to. There's people that will you know, go through a bout of listening to the podcast and they have a break and that kind of stuff, and it's, it's fine. I don't have any any issues. You know, As far as I'm concerned, whether one person listens to it or 2,000 people makes no difference. Look, if we're getting tens of thousands of people, that's a different story because then I could probably sell some advertising to somebody because I'm now getting more listeners. But uh, in this sphere of aero modeling, it's a very niche thing. And it's also what I've found is not all aero modelers are going to listen to a podcast. Definitely not all of them. There's going to be a very, very small percentage, and as a particular demographic, we have an aging demographic in aero modelling. They're not podcast listeners. It's sort of beyond them to to get on and listen to a lot of the podcasts. Some people do, but when we're talking about the masses in the aero modelling community, they're not going to listen to a podcast. Uh, so the audience size is relatively limited. We have some you know people from overseas that listen. It's very hard being based in Australia to to organise international guests because of time time differences um you know that i always try to record at a time that's convenient for the um for uh, the guest and you know if you're in europe uh you know it's generally i can do it sort of in the mornings or no in the mornings i can do the us and i think in the evenings i can do um uh, Europe sometimes, but it depends on what day it is because people work and, um, you know, it's generally going to have to be a weekend kind of thing. So it's it gets harder and harder. And I try not to take off time out of my work to do this podcast because I have to stay focused on on my work and I'm very committed to, to running my business so that I can make money and buy more toys. So uh, that's my news. Fair bit of thinking, a bit of soul searching to see how invested I want to continue to be in this space i think um you know it's been i think i started the flat out rc thing in about 2017 and prior to that i had 3d hobby shop australia selling 3d hobby shop airplane so my investment in the industry side of things outside of flying planes has been probably 10 years now there's nearing on 10 years so i've given it a pretty good crack uh Always willing to help out people, you know, especially clubs that got events and things like that to support them. But um, I've just got to weigh up my time. So anyway, let's go on with an episode. How about we do that? Let's just do what we're here to listen to. Listen to guests talking to me. Let's move on. Guest time, my favourite part of the podcast. And this week, uh, we have Tony Wilson. Tony Wilson's been on the podcast oh, probably a year ago. Uh, and he is the secretary of the Bensdale and Districts Model Aircraft Club, Bad Mac. And he's a great guy. And he's he's one of those guys that's really, really proactive in in the cl- in um, his club in fostering the development of the club in, in, in a lot of ways. He's got a great support network within the club uh it's not just him but they've got this great culture and this want to have people come to visit them you know they're they're located about a three-hour drive uh east of melbourne uh so it's it's not just around the corner but they are they really have embarked on trying to run a lot of events there it is a state field owned by the mAAA uh so it's sort of Anybody who's an MAAA owner is a kind of shareholder in it in a kind of way. Uh, but so I thought I'd get Tony on and to just talk about what he's doing down there and then what have they got coming up this year so that everybody knows um, if they're in the in the area or if they want to get involved. So here's my chat with the one and only Tony Wilson. It's 2023 and who better to start the year off with the podcast than a friend of mine, Tony Wilson, all the way from Bansdale. Tony, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me again, Andrew. Well, you have been on, but it's been a while. It's over a year, I think, since I've had you on the podcast. But uh, I, I wanted to just open the year with 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 a familiar voice and uh, and catch up with people. I think you know I want to catch up with people that I may have interviewed in the past and see where they're up, up what they're up to, you know, years down the track. And we are going to talk a bit about your home club down at Bensdale. But first of all. How did your 2022 go for you? I know there was a few highs and lows of 2022. 
It's been, uh, well, the first part of the year was really good for me. Um, things are going well. I went in my first IMAC competition. Um, that didn't go so great for me, but <laughs> but I'm learning. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, a bit later on in the year, in October or end of October, I um, I, tr- I tried out racquetball because um, Darcy was really keen to play racquetball and I snapped my Achilles tendon. And I've got to tell you, it's probably the worst injury I've ever had. Where are you up to with it? Because it's been, what, oh, three months or so now? Yeah, I think I'm between 11, week 11 and 12. Um, yeah, it's horrid. Like, you know, plaster for three weeks of moon boots or another six and then, um, and then hobbling around um, from then on. So it's, I still haven't got any strength in it, but I'm walking, which is the main thing. I can still fly planes, which is the best thing. Yeah, well, that's you know I saw you at the uh, Warbirds over Bensdale event, and you had the uh, the mobility scooter that someone had lent you. So it didn't it hasn't really slowed you down that much, really, in some sort of regards. But uh, the the mobility scooter suited you. I think you're ready for one. Actually, I didn't mind that, and that was that was from uh, thanks to Brian and Lorraine Hutchinson from our club. Um, they said you need this scooter for the for the event, and oh, thank God they brought it along because for two days I couldn't have walked around for two days. I- it no, would have been madness, but uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So, big thanks to uh, to Brian and Lorraine. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, you got into IMAC, and I tell you what, the IMAC movement down here in Victoria is just going gangbusters. There's an event, the first event for the years coming up at the Northern Flying Group, and it's a sellout. Well, they had to limit the numbers as that many people. So, um, tell us a bit about you know why do you get into IMAC? Well, I was actually talking to Darcy the other day. You said had had we not gone to Jets event last year, we wouldn't be here doing IMAC, and, and he said I wouldn't be. Busy. Um, and he's right because we went to we went to Wang Jets without a plane last year, um, just to have a look. And Darth um, hooked up with um, Cam Sexton, and well, I met the crew, and yeah, we had a fantastic time, like a really really good time. And Darcy really clicked with Cam, and he talked him into um, coming along to the next IMAC event, which was at Packenham. Um, which I took Darth to and we camped there and I froze my butt off. It was freezing yeah, overnight. Right. <laughs> anyway, I, um, I helped out with and learned a lot about um, the, the judges and stuff. And and then we went to another one, oh, the next one. Where was the next one? It was at Shepparton and I didn't fly there either. Um, and Darcy flew and I said, this is ridiculous. I'm coming all this way. I've, I've got planes. Why don't I have a crack? So... I went to my first IMAC event at at Leeton, which was the the Nationals, um, and had a crack in basic. And yeah, I learned a lot. I learned I learned heaps, and um, I'm going to keep going because I bought a new plane and see if I can progress up the level a little bit. Ah, see, the journey begins, and and everybody that I know that's got into IMAC, they really get hooked into it for quite a while. Like, and, and they become better pilots too. Like, you know, there's there's no bad iMac pilot, as far as I'm concerned, they were pretty reasonable flyers. And, and of course, your son Darcy's getting more and more involved. And again, it's that, that I think it's that influence of the young group of guys that are doing it, egg each other on. So there's a connection between them all now and they motivate each other to keep on going, um, which is which is pretty good. So how many events do you think you'll attend this year with iMac? Oh, look, there's, there's, well, there's a few. I'm, I've, I've said we're not, we're not travelling to Queensland. <laughs> Unless unless situations changes, oh, it's too far. So we'll do we'll do most of the Victorian events and some of the New South Wales events. I'm still working full time, so it's it just makes it hard. Um, we've now got a trailer. Well, since that that first IMAC event, well, I built a trailer. Well, I had a mate build a trailer for me and um, kitted that out, and it's so we can sleep in it now. So we pull the planes out. We've got accommodation wherever we go, which which is a big a big bonus. And I've put a heater in it so I won't freeze my butt off ever again. <laughs> it's a big trailer too. What are the dimensions on it? So inside it's four point was it four point five or four point eight? No, four point eight I think inside um length. Um and twenty one hundred high and twenty one hundred wide so I can stand up. Yeah, and fairly tall dude. You're what, six foot five or something, aren't you? Yeah, you're thereabouts, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no similar height to me. <laughs> well, can I? Yeah, when I'm in my mobility scooter. <laughs> yeah, when yeah, that's right. When you're mobility scooter, we're about the same height. <laughs> yeah, 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 go to the go to the flat out YouTube channel and have a look at uh, the Warbirds over Benzel event. You'll see uh, Tony and I having a chat, and Tony and his mobility scooter. We were we were pretty much injured both at the same time, weren't we? But uh, my injury is a bit better than yours, mm. yours at the moment. 
Okay, so, so yeah, so the iMac thing's um looking pretty good. You going to the first one at Northern Flying Group? You got your entries in? Yep, we're we're both in. We've been in for a while, so that'll be that'll be the kickoff and the first event for my new plane. So we'll see how that all goes. And what's the new plane? So I bought a Krill Extra. Was it a three thirty SC? Yep. Um, and yeah, had a had a mate, um, Craig Bavery set it all up. I actually bought it from him and he finished setting it all up. And um, look, it's a far better plane than, than my skills, but it's teaching me a hell of a lot, which which is good. That's what we need to do. Well, it's going to be, what's that? It's a 120cc, isn't it? Yeah, but I've got a DA100 in it and it seems to be plenty of power for me. Darcy says, nah, you need more power, Dad. And I'm going, mate, it's a scale plane. We don't need to hover the thing. Oh. Anyway, I think that's that's just the younger generation. They They just want more more power. I don't know. Well, you know, I think about when we were kids and we wanted cars, we wanted the fastest car we could get, uh, you know, everyone wanted a V8 and the, the DA120 or the 120cc is the V8. But, um, yeah, and no, I'll be interested to see how that goes with the with the DA100. Well, you're flying in basic, so you should be okay. Um, yeah, power yeah for sure. You know, it shouldn't be a problem. Okay, so you're the secretary at the Bansdale Club. Uh, yes. And I'm a big fan of the Bansdale Club. And I honestly mean that. And I think one of the things is with a club is what what stands out for me is when you can turn up to a club and you feel welcome and comfortable in the in the surroundings. And you know, there's a few clubs that that I do experience that. You know, like the club down at Atruca and and generally country clubs. Some of the the more suburban clubs is a different different story, but. Um, but the Bansdale Club is always a very welcoming club, and and I think uh, I know you hate taking any credit, but uh, you're probably the most proactive secretary that I've come across um, in in all the clubs that I've dealt with, you know, around the country. So you're the you're the secretary. What does your job entail? Right, where do I start? Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know why the secretary's job seems to be the the busiest job. Um, always seem to be busy but don't get me wrong the the members that i've got well that the club have that that help out at the field and and put in outstanding like we've got guys who who will be out there three four maybe even five times a week doing field maintenance fixing things and, and i don't even need to know about any of that and i don't i don't really where well, i care but they don't need to burden me with that. They'll they'll ring me and say, well, we're going to do this and that. I go, yeah, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, so secretary's job, just keeping things. I think the secretary knows everything that's going on in the club, if that makes sense. So you're above, you're over everything. So you know you know when events are coming up. You know you have to apply for your, your um, display applications. You know you've got to put flyers out. You know you've got to advertise it. So I do all the Facebook advertising as well because it's not worth having a middleman in amongst it. So it's just having having that knowledge of what's going on. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's an overall thing. Like, and taking the minutes at a meeting, well, that's that's probably the, the least, the most minute part of the job, which is not really that onerous. Um, but, look, I really enjoy it. I love I've got the role and I love that, um, that the club's doing really well and everyone can see that um, and that it is a group effort. It's certainly not me. On my own, trust me. Well, I think enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm, and and yeah, it's true. You've got a, you've got a, a lot of helpers, which which makes and, and dedicated helpers and motivated helpers that really makes the task a lot easier, even though it's a tricky task. Um, but yeah, the facilities, like every time I come for an event, the facilities are phenomenal, and and but there seems to be this real drive to want to keep on improving. And, and I, like I'm a person that's got a lot of drive, and I, I'm rarely satisfied because I think oh, I can always do better. I can always, you know, you know, just never satisfied. And it's almost like at the club, you're constantly always trying to improve. Would that be? Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, spot on. Absolutely spot on. Why? Why, why wouldn't you? Why? Why would you be stagnant and just have it the way it is when you've got the opportunity to apply for grants? We 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 do because we do have a membership so that's more than what um, runs the club so we can put money into improving things and i tell you the strip this year if if you compared it to 12 months ago is 100 better because you know we've into 
um, getting it rolled, getting it mowed and constantly mowing it and um, the irrigation is getting upgraded. Everything is getting upgraded and, and I think that's that's what all clubs need to do. Even if it's only a little thing every year, like I'm, I'd be if I did a year of secretary uh, position and that nothing had been improved, that would that would disappoint me. Yeah, but I, we've, I agree with you. Um, we see a lot of committees where it's just going through the motions and maintaining what they've got or talking about stuff, but nobody, nobody's doing it. And again, it can't be just one person on a committee that does it. It's got to be you've got to have that support network, which has been fostered. So I think you've got a good culture at the club that that allows you to keep on improving things. Recently, you know, you had the Warbirds over Benzel event. The Saturday was perfect weather. The Sunday, it basically bucketed down that night. Absolute torrential downpour. We arrived at the field and there was water everywhere, right? Now, I know that since that event, when was that held? November, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was um, uh, Melbourne. Yeah. That's right. And so you, since then, what have you done? So since then, um, um, so Dave Chippendall and and Ian Ricard are a couple of members that have been um, instrumental in in improving the drainage and stuff on the on the field. So since then, of uh, Andy Coleman, who you've spoken to, he he's got access to a flat top truck. He came out to my place, picked up my tractor, um, took it out to the field. This has got a bucket and stuff on it. Um, and Dave Chippendall got got hold of a, or loaned a, a decent grader blade for the tractor, and he has put a channel around the strip now and put in extra drainage pipes. Um, to move that water away so that that won't happen again. And um, we haven't had a downpour like it since, but I reckon he's on the money. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. And the, the, the shelter now has got a, a full, uh, it's all been fully uh, spouting installed and that's all draining away as well. So I don't reckon we'll have that problem again. And I think if, if it, we have that downpour again like we did at the Warbirds event, I think that Sunday we'll... Even though it'd be a bit damp, yeah, I think the strip fine. would be fair, be dry. Yeah, yeah, you would be yep. fine for sure. So, so, and that's just a good a good example of you know just let's get in there and fix this problem that we've got because yeah, a lot of clubs their fields are fine. Like it's it's model aeroplanes. You need a relatively flat grass sort of strip, and that's pretty much about it. And and a lot of clubs just will sort of do the bare minimum when it comes. But finance is always a problem because there's always besides the the volunteering of the the labour. How do you how what are you doing to raise the funds to be able to do this kind of work? Well, I'll tell you what a funny spinner is is bunning sausage sizzles, and if clubs around Victoria or Australia, for that matter, aren't getting onto their local bunnings and putting in for a date, they're mad. We would be raising between seven hundred and fifty and a thousand dollars profit for one day standing at a bunnings barbecue. You know, it's a no-brainer. Why? Why wouldn't you do that? Well, getting the volunteers is the problem. <laughs> I think, yeah. And, and but you, you also run, and we're going to talk a bit more about the events that you run because it was interesting at the the at the Warbirds over Benzel event. You talked about your goal is to have an event every month at the field. Now, again, a lot of clubs don't like running events because oh, well, the members can't go and all this kind of stuff, but. What role do events play in the in the club? They're huge. They are huge, and they make the and that's what's put us on the map. I think because people are, are coming to our events and going, "Wow, this is this is good." You know, people are happy and friendly, and uh, facilities are good, strips good. We can camp here; it doesn't cost much. Um, we get fed, and uh, for minimal cost. Um, so most of our events, uh, pilot entries around the twenty buck mark, and camping for the weekend is now like twenty bucks for the whole weekend, or week or whatever you want to come for um the events don't seem to be just attended on the on the event days so some of our events are on a saturday sunday some are just a sunday but we're finding members especially from melbourne they're coming on the thursday before or the wednesday before and they're not going home until the monday or tuesday after so that that also gives them a buffer zone for for the weather if the weather's crappy on the weekend for the event well They've had a good time flying before and after it, and the the social aspect is just brilliant. Like, oh, I honestly think that flying clubs are men sheds for aero modelers. Seriously, yeah, it's true. I'd agree with that. And I like, sometimes I like going to a club and not even taking a plane out. It's almost like the plane gets in the way of a, of a good time. But, uh, but um, yeah, I think because the Bensdale Club for people that don't know, it's located down in Victoria, in Australia, for the international listeners, and it's it's located. It's about three hour drive 
from Melbourne, the city of Melbourne, depending on where you're located in Melbourne. And I think because people come to the event, they want to, you know, if they can afford the time, if they're not working or retired or whatever, they can head out there, not have to drive up and back in a weekend, can 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 maximise their time at the club. And and I think testament, well, <laughs> proof that the culture is good is that they love coming there. My my circle of area modelling mates, their calendars now, their event calendars work around Bensdale. So, you know, you've got a whole bunch of different, you know, sort of iconic events that are becoming iconic events at the club. And they're like, oh, no, penciled in. And they're talking about it now, months before, which annoys me because I keep on saying to them, oh, guys, it's three months away. Let's just relax, you know. Let's see what the weather's <laughs> going to be like first. But they're like, no, no, we're going to book our accommodation and all that kind of stuff and and, and make a, a long weekend of it. So, you know, it, and, and it is a state field as well. So is it MAAA owned or VMAA owned? Uh, MAAA owned, but VMAA managed. Yeah, okay. If, and, if that doesn't confuse you. <laughs> no. And do you apply for grants for with, for the MAAA to help to assist as well? Yeah, look, we do. Um, I haven't managed to nail one of those ones yet at the MAAA, but VMAA were very generous this year and have um, chipped in for a grant towards uh, the first stage of our upgraded irrigation system. Um which, you know, that's fantastic. That's that's moving forward again. Um, so, you yeah, hopefully the MAAA, uh, which I think the, their, um, their club assistance schemes open up in January. So, I haven't seen an email yet, but, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly be be um, jumping into that one again and see if we can put stage two into, into motion. Yeah, well, the other thing that I'm a big fan of is come try days. I think that the more come try days we can get clubs to run, the better off we'll be as a hobby. You've got one coming up, haven't you? Yeah, so on the 11th of February, on a Saturday, we're having a, a Come Try Day. Um, we had one booked in a couple of years ago and had lots and lots of interest. Um, COVID hit and it was like, oh, bugger. And, yeah, people were disappointed. So up until now, we really haven't had a chance to do it again. So yeah, hopefully this one's well attended. Um, the flyer's out. You've probably seen it. Um, the event's on the on our webpage and on our Facebook page. So. Should be good. We'll have flight simulators. We'll have numerous instructors. We'll have aircraft on site. We're going to do flight demonstrations of different styles of aircraft for um, for people to see. You know what what you can actually do once you do um, join a club. Um, yeah. So hopefully we we drag a member or two out of it. That'd be great. Yeah, it would be good because most of your members though they come from far and wide around that that Gippsland region, don't they? Yeah. Um, so I think we've got so we've got a man for Andy's in Mafra and he, he travels up. Um, uh, we've got Mick Fallon in in um, Bucken South, which is a which is a fair haul. Uh, some members in I've got a member in Lakes Entrance. So look, we're we're talking about sort of an hour hour travel for most of those those people. So I'm out I'm out in Wisely out near Bruthen, and it sort of takes me forty minutes to get there. Um, but you know that's. That's the cost of living in the in the country, I suppose. Oh, same in Melbourne though. Like I'm um, a 45 minute trip to to my uh, to my local club. Um, it's getting harder and harder to find places that are really close to you if you live in suburbia kind of thing nowadays. But you're out out in the out of the sticks. <laughs> so, but yeah, 45 minute drive. It's enough time to listen to the Flat Out RC podcast. So that's okay. As I bash Spot the on. desk. Now, okay. So let's. Wh- what events have we got coming up this year? Alrighty, so you mentioned the the come and try. So that's our first um, the first event coming up uh, for the public on the eleventh of February. Um, after that, uh, the VJAA, so the Jet Association, are uh, having a planned visit on the eighteenth and nineteenth of February. Um, so they will, um, yeah, bring all their their members or as many members as possible, and they'll have sole uh, sole use of the the strip um, for that weekend, which will be awesome. Um, the 11th and 12th of March is our Action Scale Rally. So that's always been on the Australia Day. Oh, sorry, Australia Day. The uh, Labor, Labor Day. Day. Labor Day long weekend. Um, now, that one will be attended by a lot of people. And, again, they'll come up on the Wednesday, if not earlier, beforehand and camp and probably go home on the, the Tuesday afterwards. So is that going to be a three-day event? Do you think, or so the event? The event when we call it an event, it's a, a scale. the The event is really just for the the judging for for um, pilots' choice awards. So it's really just a fun flyer with scale models, and 
on the Saturday and Sunday, if you fly your model, um, you're eligible for the Pilot's Choice Award. So it's not it's not overly competitive. If you bring a nice model along and you fly it well, and the rest of the pilots think you do, um, yeah, well, you'll be you'll be in the running to grab to grab the the award for that. Unfortunately, this year, Wang Jets, which I was desperately wanting to go to, have moved their date from their normal dates to the 9th to the 12th of March, which clashes with our event. Yes, that's a problem, isn't it? It, it is. And, um, yeah, disappointed. But like I said, they're coming up in February, so I'll get to fly my jet then. And unfortunately, I'll have to forego that, the, the Wang Jets event. And and probably some other members will too. It depends if they prefer to come to us or travel to Wang. I, I don't know, but we, we we need to try and fix that one for next year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, uh, I hate it when there's a conflict of uh, events, but um, look, no doubt both events will have have more than enough people uh, attending them as well. Because there's a few, there's a bit of cross pollination in 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 some of the, the the visitors. They'll have to make a choice, but uh, but there'll be plenty of others to to fill the gaps of both events. So. Uh, That'd be good. Yeah. Then you've got uh, so that's yeah, that's your scar so rally. March. Then you've got have you got anything in April? April. Well, after talking to a few modelers that that travel a long way, they said we just need to come and have a fun fly. We don't need all the uh, all the hoo ha around the catering and the public and all the rules and regulations. We just want to come and camp, have fun, and fly planes. So we came up with Easter weekend. So it's the 7th to the 10th of April, and we've just called it the Easter Flying Circus. So it's just a camping fun fly. Come, camp, fly all day, all night if you want, and have a good time. Um, And that'll be great for me in particular because I won't have to be running around registering members and pilots and make sure everything's running right and and make sure everyone's on the money with the the catering and blah, blah, blah. It's just going to be like a normal club day, but it's going to run for four days. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think it'll be fun. I think, yeah, we'll see how we go. Like it is Easter. Sometimes you just need that. It's it's like uh, there's often yeah, there's a lot of fanfare that goes around some of the bigger events and with catering especially because that would be an absolute nightmare just coordinating all that. But take that out of the equation, people can sort of sort themselves out with food and all that kind of thing and, the the field's only what fifteen minutes from Bansdale itself, so if someone has to yep. run and go and get McDonald's for everybody. You could do it in a kind of way. So, um, but yeah, so the, don't, don't get me wrong. We'll probably we'll probably put on a Barbie, like yeah, no days. doubt you will. Or, you know, no like doubt there'll you be there'll be stuff, but there's there's ample barbecues and stuff there for people to cook their own food if that's what they choose to do. There's fridges, there's ovens, stoves, whatever you want to do, you can use it. Yeah, that's true. Good facilities <laughs> there too. So and they are. Sitting around the campfire at night. Oh. Hopefully the weather's good. That's it. Gets colder around well, Easter, but we'll hope. Well, yeah, but when it's running over that many days, you, you you're bound to snag one or two days that are going to be good. That's true. Or even half a day in morning or night. And then we get to May. Yeah. So that- May is our mid-May muster. Um, not quite mid-May. It's the twenty-first of May. Um, it's normally the weekend after Mother's Day, so um, we've pushed it down to the 21st. Um, so that is a one-day event, the Sunday event. But again, people will come for the whole weekend and more, and that's a fun fly. So if you've got it, come and bring it and fly it. Um, that's a great event, like good fun, good fun event. Um, and moving on from there, we've got so we've got the the Victorian Patent Association visiting in June. Um, 10th and 11th of June, so they've got they're booked in for that. Uh, where else have we got here? Oh, we've got the Jet Association again in August coming to visit, and then in November. Oh, so, so Shepherd and Mammoth obviously in September. So, I've, and we've got an IMAC event in September. So <laughs> I've sort of um, got enough I've got in a, September. I've, I've got enough going on in September, so I didn't try and push anything more in there. Um, October is is pretty quiet um, and then their warbirds event early november so that'll be our second warbirds event and uh it's the cup cup day weekend so cup day is actually on the 7th which will be a public holiday so the event's the fourth and fifth so you can imagine it'll go four five six seven so there'll be it'll be a big event um 
And don't forget, in between all that, Andrew, we have every month we have our, our own club, Red Baron Cup. And what does that involve? So, so Ian Waters, um, one of our long, long-standing members, um, has taken the reins on the Red Baron Cup and it's it's just a club event. The winner gets free club fees for the next year um, and the sec- second place gets like 50% off and third place gets 25% off or something like that. So all it is is one manoeuvre for each each month. Uh, last week or last last month, so we were, we, all it was was touch and goes. So as many touches and goes as you could do in a minute or two minutes, sorry. Huh. And everyone was coming in with the, their foamies doing these touch and goes. If you didn't have wheels on your plane, it had to be below a metre for more than a metre and a half yeah. and go around and do it again. So two minutes. So, yeah, everyone did those. And I think the best we had was nine. And then um, Darcy <laughs> pulls out a little UMX um, P47 with no wheels. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think he did 14 or something ridiculous. Cheating. So, yeah, of he was cheating. He was cheating. You're right. Anyway, he was pretty chuffed. Um, so the next one coming up in February is Climb and Glide. So we've got two minutes. Um, two minutes? Couldn't be two minutes. Must be must be ten seconds. Be ten seconds. If it was two minutes, I think it'd be out of sight. Um, ten seconds. Power up as yeah. far up as you get, and longest in the sky wins for the day. So I think it's a five five minute max. But yeah, so, he, so Ian's done a really good job. So every every month he'll put out a new manoeuvre, um, and yeah, to try and dig out a plane that's going to do the best to do it. So it, it it keeps a lot of interest in the club, and it's amazing how many more people turn up on that Sunday when the Red Baron Cup's on. That is an unreal idea. I, like I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff where it's, you know, it's not high stakes competition and it's not that involved. It's like one thing you need to do, and it becomes a spectator sport as well. So people just want to come and watch it as well. But um, yeah, that that they're awesome. Those kind of things. Uh, clubs, people that are members of clubs, right? Or you, you know, think about these kind of things. Take these ideas back to your your committee and say, why don't we run this? Because it wouldn't be that that hard to organise, would it? No, nah, it's not. I actually had. A, I can't actually remember what the number the the, the club was. But a, a member from another club emailed me the other day saying, "You know, what's this Red Baron Cup all about?" And I said, "Oh," and I explained to him what I just told you. And um, and he said, "Can you send me the details? I want to get this going in our club." So I need to do that. So if you're listening, whoever it was, I'm, I haven't forgotten. I'm going to send it to you. It's coming. It's coming. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's a pretty busy calendar this year, um, and in amongst all that, the Bragg Club's having its official opening on the nineteenth of March. That's the so that's that it, club, um, the, the um, Blue Rock, Blue, Blue Rock. Rock, Blue Rock Lake, they call it. Yep. Um, so it's the Bauble Radio, Bauble Radio Aero Modelers Group, I think is what it's called. Um, so they're having the official opening. They were supposed to have it last year, but obviously COVID and all that sort of stuff. So they've just put up a, a nice new shelter. Darcy and I went out there and met. Uh, Berlin from from um, from down your way uh, a few weeks ago and had a fly. Um, it was like thirty six degrees, but the beauty was there was a lake. There was a lake, so you could just go and have a swim or dip your feet, and yeah, it was good. So um, that's a good one, I, and I'd, I'd really love if people could support that if they're in the area. Just go and go and say good day. Well, that's interesting because that their club is. I haven't seen many clubs in the world where the runway is you know right next to a lake. Like literally, the shoreline of the runway is 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 right there, and you could you know you can flight planes. I think are going to be really popular there. Yeah, well, I think flight planes will have the the priority. Um, I took my krill extra there and and flew that, but yeah, it's a bit it's a bit unnerving when it's way out there over the oh, lake. Well, yeah, jeez, I hope she comes home. <laughs> well, there's not much difference really. It's just that if it, if it goes in, it's going to be in the water versus the. Uh, in some ways, it might be better. The foamies will probably float, but uh, you need a boat. You should be able to organise a boat yeah. to get out there. I think your I think your iMac planes will get fried. Probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. It's it, it's one of those things. I think where it's just a mental thing more than anything else. Because rarely do you see you know if you're flying an iMac plane, you rarely see an iMac plane just fall out of the sky. Normally they hit a tree or something or that kind of thing. But um, now nah, you'd be right. It's a good outlook at yeah. that club. It looks like a, a phenomenal place to to, to fly, and um, hopefully yeah. that that kicks on, and gets uh, bigger and better. So um, it's not often that we see new clubs coming around, so it's good to see. Okay, so um, I know you've had a busy year with model aeroplanes. You've added a few extra planes into the hangar. 
and you know you've been you've been in there working. Let's just go through some of the models that you've worked on in the past year. Uh, well, the little shit as a son of mine, Darcy, has sort of <laughs> taken over my workshop. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if many aero models out there have got a son doing the same thing as they're doing and flying planes of similar size. Um, but that that was what drove me to build this or get this humongous trailer built. Um, my workshop is probably oh, three times the size of that trailer. So you can imagine I've got two benches in there and I've got stuff going on on my bench and Darcy's got stuff going on on his and then all of a sudden he's also got stuff going on on mine and it's it becomes very, very tight in there and, and very messy. Um, so what have I what have I done? So Darcy's built or he bought a an NG, uh, what, 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 what uh, Skywing, Skywing, Skywing extra NG. So he flew the first the first iMac event he flew in. He, he used a an EG yeah, uh, extra two sixty and yeah, so with a hundred cc DLE in it. And look, he, he he actually did really well um, considering it was his first event. Uh, I think the second event he used that plane also, but then he bought this. This uh, Skywing, which he loves, he absolutely loves. So he threw that together, and it's the first, like, first or second. It's the second plane he's actually put together himself. And I try, I try and resist to help because I want him to learn because he's fifteen now. So he and he does a great job. He's actually teaching me stuff because he spends more time on social media, I think. So he's he's put that one together. I've, gee, I don't know. I've actually done anything really proactive this year. So my Viper is. Had a few dramas at Shepparton. I, I broke some of the undercarriage, which I fixed. And um, this your Viper oh, That's actually, yeah, the Viper. So I, I stupidly tried to take off without um, takeoff flaps, um, not purposely, but <laughs> and you got to that point of no return. I thought, oh, I better, I better kill it here, and it ended up running off at the end of Shepparton. And it was a bit of a drain, a dish drain, which had a bit of water in it. Anyway, nothing damaged on the plane other than the the, the sacrificial plates that hold the, the mains. Uh, so that's been on the bench and, and I found an air leak, so I've, I've fixed the air leak and I've done that. Next. I've actually I've finished all that. Well, so I thought. So Darcy just bought himself a new uh, Phoenix Yak um, for his 100cc out of his EG because he's decommissioned that now. And he's decided that... Uh, Setting up a power box, which we which he bought, was too difficult with the jetty stuff, and I think it probably is too. So he's pinched, he's pinched the central box, the jetty central box, out of my Viper jet. So um, <laughs> he he said, I think I'll do that, and then you could put your smooth flight in the Viper jet. I said, oh, that's a pretty good idea. Five minutes later, he was back in the house yeah. with all of my electronics <laughs> out of the Viper. <laughs> oh, shit. I suppose that's what's happening now. Yeah. So, um, so the 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 wife the wife and daughter have been away for the weekend, and he's built this Phoenix yak in the living room and on the kitchen bench, and yeah, oh my lord! So now I've got a Viper jet with no electronics in it. So um, <laughs> have you got access to his bank account? Because you might be able to, you know. Yeah, I, I do, I do. Um, but he's trying to sell that uh, power box. So well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll it'll be right. We'll be fine. I'll put that smooth flight in the Viper jet. And I think that'll be a lot better. I think yeah. it'll uh, it'll go well. Um, other than that, the the Krill Extra, um, I had to do a little bit to that once I got it. Um, I still got a bit of a, an overheating issue inside the inside the airframe because um, the telemetry off the the jetty receiver is telling me that it's it's getting a bit hot in the Krill. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, you need you need to speak to Chris Rudder. Chris Rudder, okay. Chris Rudder had a similar problem with the Krill, and I think he sorted out some way of cooling it down or. Something. Yeah, well, I put some vents directly under the canisters and thought that would be enough, but clearly not. I think it is just getting trapped at the back of the fuselage, so I might just put a vent right up the back just to to drag it all out. Yeah. But but yeah, Chris, I'll get onto him. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, I, I haven't haven't really been doing much in the way of planes. Well, your chipmunk. When was your chipmunk done? You've got a super chipmunk, which I think looks. Phenomenal. I've got a super chipmunk. I love oh, my super chipmunk. The super chipmunk is uh, that's my, my favourite plane that you own because it just looks so cool. Because just yeah, so chipmunk. it's a hundred inch, hundred inch wingspan. It's a model design super chipmunk, so very old, so eighties, eighties um, model. And yeah, I love it. And I flew it 
I flew the krill on uh, Wednesday, or oh, Friday, Friday, last Friday. We, Darcy and I went out to the field thinking we'd have the whole strip to ourselves to practice our IMAX stuff. And um, there was only one other member out there who was happy to sit and watch. And we, um, I took the, I took the, uh, the super chipmunk because I haven't flown it since Shepparton. And I flew the IMAC um, routine with the, the krill. And then I flew the, the chipmunk and I started just flying some IMAC maneuvers. And Darcy goes, you actually fly better with the chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could fly. There's nothing stopping from flying the chipmunk. It meets the criteria. No. Yeah, I know. It's a scale aerobatic model, so it could it could fly. I know. Yeah. Don't worry. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I think it's because it's a bit slower than the, the krill. The krill is very slippery, very slippery. Yeah. And, um, um, and I'm, fly bigger box. Yeah, I'm a bit old school and I'm, I, I've, I've probably got to teach myself how to how to hold the sticks a bit better because I'm I'm a bit lazy. I, I push my finger, my thumbs, so I hold my transmitter. I don't use a tray or a, or a neck strap, and I I tend to find myself pulling on the the rudder elevator stick. Yeah. So I'll put my thumb on the side that needs to push. Yeah. And when you need to do both, when you need elevator and rudder, um, it all becomes a very bit very like it's it's hard to maneuver. So I need to do something better. Um, I've probably been a lazy flyer. Just yank and bank, and now I'm learning the the finesse of having to use that rudder on your uplines and downlines and your loops. I made yeah. the shift many many years ago. I started life as a thumber, and I felt as yep. if I was losing precision, kind of thing. And so I started playing around on the simulator, pinching the sticks, and yep. it, straight away I felt comfortable with it. Like it was no learning curve. And straight away I felt that I had a bit more finesse than just using my thumbs. And that was just for me because, you know, there's people like Jace Ducey that thumb it all the, all the way and, and he's perfectly fine. But I found that, um, that you know, if you've got to thumb it, you have to be right on top of the stick in a kind of way. But I felt the pinching was a lot better. And then the next step I felt as if I was moving the transmitter around, like it was moving on the next strap, you know, and I thought, well, I've got to – and I was talking to Edo Segev about it, and he said, oh, you've got to try a tray. You know, I said – and I'm always – with every activity that I've done in life, you know, I like to be locked in, you know. Like when I ride a bike, I have clip-in pedals because I, I like that locked-in feel kind of thing. And so I got this tray and with a with – a, you know, the, the sort of the over-the-shoulder strap and – that then gave me a call at the stable table. That just now planted the transmitter and it just does not shift for the entire flight. So now what I've done is just my fingers. It's not body – I don't have to compensate for body movement or anything like that, plus standing still, like legs apart, standing still, not moving your body. I felt um, was good. But um, have a get on the Darcy Sim and, and try pinching and see if that helps. But, yeah, maybe try a neck strap or something to start with. That would be handy. I think I need to I need to do something if I'm, I'm going to try and be accurate. Because the, the young fellow, he gets into me. More rudder, Dad. More rudder. Oh, wrong rudder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but rudder, mate. <laughs> there's nothing like practicing the sequence to improve your flying and it'll just keep on improving. Yeah. It'll become sort of second nature. And, and you look at how many flights you put on the krill. You haven't put that many on the krill yet, have you? Oh, 15, 20. Yeah. yeah. So you still, you know, it takes a bit of time to get get used to it. So you'll be right. Engine's running okay on that? Beautiful, yeah. I can't can't fold it. Yeah, it's the first DA I've ever owned, and um, quiet, like really, really quiet with these canisters. Yeah, um, yeah, love it, and flicks like flick starting it. No worries in the world. Um, yeah, I'm very spoiled, but you know, obviously they're they're worth a few dollars, and yeah, it's not the plane that's going to make me fly well. I've got to um, I've got to get that rudder sorted out. <laughs> Welcome to the world of the rudder. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everyone says go and fly heli- uh, model helicopters, and they'll teach you how to use a rudder, which is pretty pretty yeah. true actually. But yeah, I'm 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 actually good with the rudder. I'm very comfortable with using the rudder because I'm a mode tour, and you can bank and yank all day long. You know, you don't have to touch that yeah. stick really. Nah, so, I'm, you, a, I'm a bulldozer driver, as I was told the other day. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I feel like that though. Sometimes I feel like I'm a bit rough and ready, like you know. Whacking the sticks around, kind of thing. It's uh, yeah. yeah everyone yeah. says just the small movements. But- so the iMac has has um, like I'm just going along as the chauffeur who flies, <laughs> and you know I, I don't I don't really I'm not I'm not aiming to be the best. I just want to have fun. 
the IMAC guys are all fantastic. Like we made some great mates through through the whole lot of them. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 our modelling has enhanced over the last year since starting IMAC. Um, the amount of new people we've met and made friends with because we're travelling to all these other clubs. Um, it's it's exposed us to a lot more and. Yeah, it's great fun. Really, really good fun. See, that's, a, that's a, an interesting point that you raise because I've been a big, big purporter of this. Of, of get out of your comfort zone of your local club and go and attend to some other events and it just broadens every horizon. Your network of friends, the models that you see, the, the, the things that you learn because, you know, you turn up to your local club, you see the same stuff every day. You know, it's like you yep. see the same people doing the same thing, flying the same planes, right, with the same yep. knowledge. Go somewhere else, talk to somebody else, see some other stuff, broaden your horizon. You go, gee, that's a nice plane. Maybe that's the next one I build or or whatever. And, you know, and there's always some sort of expert in their field, whether it be engines or building or whatever. You can always bounce ideas off, plus the people that you meet. Like we, we, we talk all the time now, you know, yeah, and, that's right. And yep. you're three hours drive away from me, you know. So it's yep. uh, stuff like that is just, you know, it, I think in, it adds a lot to your life in general when, you, when you've got that, that connection with, with all sorts of people. So um, something that I enjoy as well. Yeah, well, we're all very like-minded, aren't we? So everyone in modelling are like-minded, so we're all going to get along. We are a weird bunch. <laughs> Actually, I was, I was talking to this psychologist and uh, I was saying how you yeah well I was well, long story well not for me but anyway um, and I said I fly model airplanes and his words were you're one of those <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're that, that one of the weird bunch that goes and flies uh, model airplanes actually he specialises in autism so he thinks it's a common trait <laughs> but uh, but uh, and I was actually I was talking to another friend going oh yeah some weird people but you know I always say. I'm weird because I'm there. I'm with them. I'm no different. But we are we are like minded in that. I always talk about this psyche of the aero modeler. Ah, oh, it's so true. Time and time again, we are just all cut from the same cloth in, in a kind of way. So um, I'm glad to put my hand up and say I'm, I'm a weird aero modeler. It's uh, it's you know what? It's a badge that I always wanted. I always wanted to be an aero modeler. So I've got it. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> what events are you looking forward to? Like what are some of the big events that you think you'll uh, you're looking forward to this year? Uh, well, I'm actually looking forward to the IMAX stuff uh, for myself, for, for for bettering myself, and for catching up with all those guys because there's a great, great bunch of blokes. And and Andrew, um, sorry, Michael Andrusik, he's done a fantastic job um, getting that IMAX scene up and going because it's, it's it's overflowing, and I reckon everyone should jump on board. Um, look, I I'm really looking forward to the VJAA visit to our, our field in February. Um, I'd really like to be able to fly my jet with them because I haven't done that yet. Um, they're a great bunch of blokes too. I love our events. I love the camping events, but I've got to tell you, I'm glad when they're, when the night comes and they're sort of over because it's, it's exhausting yeah. <laughs> for me anyway. Yes. Um, I, don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why it is. Um, Cause I've got the, the catering is looked after. We've got a member that looks after all that and, the fields looked after. I don't know. It's just it just seems to be a stressful sort of. It, it is time because you feel responsible for it. Yeah, you know. Yep. And when I I've come to your events and I bring the camera gear and all that kind of stuff, and and I'm tired at the end of it because even though I don't get asked to do it and I do it of my own accord, kind of thing, there's still this pressure that I want to deliver something that people like, and um and so it's like going to work in a kind of way, but. Hopefully this year I can put the camera gear down. That's my aim. Let's put the camera gear down and uh, enjoy some events uh, just without the cameras. Uh, even though I do like shooting the videos as well, I always uh, like having them. But um, what about Shepherd and Mammoth? You think you'll be there? Well, I've got it on the list. It's the fortieth anniversary, um, so I'll try my hardest to get there. Uh, we went for a fair. We went for about a week last year. Well, that's right. You were and- in there. <laughs> We were living there, and it turned into the the Dagobah swamp. By the yeah. time we'd left, it was because um, obviously the weather wasn't that great. So, look, we'll we'll definitely go, but it'll probably be only for you know a few days this time um, to support the club up there. Darcy's really keen, so you know what he says goes. <laughs> um, but I am also working, so I've got to 
got to shuffle shuffle the roster to make sure I can uh, get that time off. You know, well, that is true. If you are a a policeman down there, water policeman. Now the um. Wang Jets you're going to miss, of course. And uh, we had a great Wang yep. Jets event. We, we hung around a lot at the Wang Jets event and got introduced to the mini beer together. We did. We did, yep. And I met heaps of blokes at that event that I'd never met before and um, I speak to them, you know, regularly now. So, yeah, awesome. And that's, and that's what I'm saying about before. you gotta, you got to mix, mix with people and, and go to these events because it's, it's great. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so... But a lot of the good events are going to be at your field, really, when you think about it. Uh, some of these these major scale events. I know that my club at Pakenham's got their Monty Tyrrell Day, which is going to be happening in March. I, th- I think it's normally March. I think this is March. Uh, and, and it's going to be a two-day event, and the, the Victorian Scale Association is getting behind that. So that's always a big event. We've got the Bansdale Mid-May Must is always a big event. The Warbirds uh, event is good. The uh, Labor Day weekend, what's that called again? It's called the Action Scale Rally. Action Scale Rally, that's right. Uh, and don't ask me what the action, like action was supposed to, it, it, it means something, but I can't think of it right now. Nah, don't worry. It's So that's, that's another big event. Then we've got, of course, Shep in September. The weather down here in winter, it's always touch and go. So anybody trying to organise an event during the winter time, good luck. <laughs> Especially last year, gee, your your field seemed to hold up relatively okay through all those um, the bad weather that we had last year. We were lucky. We were just lucky. Yep. Is it still yep. great? I know. I know you were ringing. You were ringing, saying, "Are you going to cancel? Are you going to cancel?" I said, "It's too early yet. Just let it go." Okay. Because we actually live in a. There's a weather triangle here in you know East Gippsland um, out of Bairnsdale because um, the Great Dividing Range branches off one way and we've got Bass Strait the other way and weather tends to just separate and go around us, um, which we're pretty lucky with. So, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't pull an event until sort of the Wednesday before. Um, it's sort of the, the rule of thumb that we use. Uh, gives people the time just to cancel their calm and stuff, so... As I was telling you, I, you always organise these events when I can't make it on long weekends because I, I go up to my holiday house with the family and uh, and it was good. The Warbirds event got pushed out and so it was all good. And I was it worked well, yeah. So, except that. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what, we was, I was sitting in the motel room looking at the weather forecast and looking at the rain radar and there's because they'd forecast bad weather. But anyway, there's this rain band and it was the darkest rain band you could see on the radar and it just went over us all night. It just bucketed down. And you wake up in the morning, there's blue sky, and you go, oh, I should be all right. Get out to the field and there's water running everywhere. But um, like you said, now with that extra work that you've done, because a lot yeah, of the trip was flyable. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, yeah. Good strip um, too. But how long is this trip now? 300 metres or something, isn't it? So 300 metres of flyable strip and we've got sort of a 25-metre buffer each end. Um, we've probably only got a 10-metre buffer, to be honest, so it's probably a 330-metre strip. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so 350 between fences, pretty yep. much. And how wide is it? It's pretty wide as well. Oh, it is. It's 20-odd 20, 20 metres wide, um, which <laughs> you get comfortable flying on 20-metre-wide strip <laughs> with that length. And then when I went to Shepparton and flew there for the first time, I was like, Ooly dooly. <laughs> oh, go to a chuka. The chuka is yeah. like literally one lane and uh, one car lane. Yeah. And I, I can never, I can't hit the strip. I, I'm just not good enough to hit the strip. No, I'm all, I call it, I park on the footpath, I always say. But, you know, it's just, it's tiny. But it's what you're used to. Exactly. It's just what you're used to. The yeah. first club yeah. that I was a member at, their strip was pretty narrow. It was a good strip, really long. Um, well maintained, but you just got used to it. And uh, yeah, yeah, Packingham, yeah. where I fly, uh, the strips are wide as anything and long as well. So you, you sort of, um, yeah, take it for granted and just plonk it in. But uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know what I'd love clubs to do, which I know is extra work, but line mark some of the grass, like put piano bars or something, give some, give some visual marker <laughs> on the ground that you can aim for and, and see how well you can do like a spot landing. So there, add that to your bucket list. You need one of those paint, grass paint thingos. Mm. Well, so there we go. We've got um, we've got white PVC pipe on the top wire of the fence at each end, okay. exactly where the strip is. So you you do have a visual reference when you come over the fence. You know if you if you're a bit left or right or or you're bang on. 
that helps because uh, some of those fences are hard to see. Absolutely, yeah. I've yep. collected a fence before like that, a wire fence. <laughs> the uh, I, I instigated the, the widening or the lengthening of the strip and getting the fences moved and the first person to hit that fence was me. <laughs> <laughs> had it been where had it been where it originally was, I probably would have had enough, um, would be fine. enough height to get over it. Or anyway, yeah, yeah nah, the club's awesome. Yeah, like I, I really mean it. Like it's for anyone that's located in Victoria and hasn't been down to the Bansdale Club. You know, it is a state field, um, but but you know the host club there, the uh, was it Bansdale and District Aero Models Club, is model it? model Aero Club. Yeah, Bad Mac, B-A-D-M-A-C. Bad Mac. We just called it Bad Mac. Yeah, yep. it's just, it is. And I, I remember when it started and, you know, there was a bit of fanfare around it, but it was still sort of a lot of work to be done and, and the work's sort of been done now and it's it's just a good place to go. So I, uh, I like, you know, you don't pay me, do you, to promote your events? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I love promoting events. There's... um. You know, keep an eye on the, the Flattered RC Facebook page. If, if people send me their posters, I've got one sitting on my computer that I've got to post. I'll do that when I get to work tomorrow. But um, there's a, another Camperdown Club, I think it is, their event or something like that in February. So if you send me stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll promote them because um, I just I just love events. I think they just add so much to our hobby. Now, Tony, we've come to the uh, end of this uh, discussion. Um and it's been a good one. Uh, and normally, I ask what has been your favourite playing, all you know, all time favourite playing. I've already covered that. And I can't remember what you said last time, but I'm just going to ask you that for, as a one off. You know, what's your current favourite playing? Because you have got a fair few in the hangar. You know, you got some warbirds there and all sorts of different things. But what's the current favourite playing? Yeah, well, I did. I did mention it. So the last one that I, I said the, the first podcast was a precedent stomp. And if I still had that, I'd probably still say that, but <laughs> I don't have it anymore. So um, it'd have to be the uh, the Super Chip Punk. It is so predictable and docile. Mind you, it doesn't like snap. If you do a snap with it, it will go into a spin and frighten oh, really? you. But, um, it, yeah, it's a beautiful plane to fly. It looks awesome in the sky and, yeah, it's it's a, a, a tenth of the price of the grill, and yeah, it's probably my favourite at the moment. Yeah, that's my favourite. Uh, if you ever want to get rid of it, um, I'm happy to take it off your hands because uh, <laughs> I do love a super chipmunk, <laughs> and it look it just looks looks beautiful. I, actually, Darcy sent me a photo the other day. He did, of, yeah. Um, yeah. Of, uh, it was when you had it down at the field, which was um, put a smile on my face as a, as a super chipmunks always do, which uh, which is good. Well, I've got some plans for it. I'm gonna put smoke on it. Oh no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna up the rates, and um, yeah, and try to try to um, get my fingers dialed in to do flat spins and and stuff to uh, to make it perform like it like it used to, you know, like the real one did. Like the real one. Yeah. I'm just worried now that you said it gets in like skin into a bit of a dive, but can you can you get it out of a spin? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it comes out. Um, you you have to put a bit of input in, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely do two or three mistakes. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> Good. I just don't want you to damage that aircraft, please. Just look after no, it. No. Uh, I heard a, I heard a rumor that someone might have the mould for it. Yes, not the. I don't know. I know Ross Bathy. He got me some canopies because I, I for canopy because it was so old. It was an eighties kit. Um, the canopy was really brittle and really thin. Um, and Ross, I don't know how he tracked it down, but he tracked down the, the actual plug for that canopy, for that model, for the model design. So he's got that now, and I, I bought a couple of canopies off him, but I don't think I'll ever break this one because it feels like it's about a quarter inch thick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully someone has got the mould for the for the fuselage because and the, and the, the, uh, the cow because, yeah, she's a ripper. Okay, Tony, well, uh, best way to find out about what's happening at the Bansdale Club, Facebook page, you think? I would, I would definitely say Facebook page. Yep. So Bansdale District Model Aero Club. Um, just jump on there, follow that, and yeah, I put stuff on there. Um, I try and put something on at least once a week. Um, but yeah, definitely all our events are on there. So if you go to the events tab, you can uh, you can register if you're going or you're interested, and, and that's that's always good too because it gives me an idea of what to expect in the way of um, aero modelers attending the event because. Um, 
obviously we, we we try and we try and make sure that we we make the prizes appropriate to to, to the entry level so that you know you, you get value for money if you know, because we have a raffle we have a, a prize drawer at the end of it so everyone who enters gets a, gets the opportunity to, to, to win something off the table yeah cool now the uh, other thing is the badmac badmac.org.au website as yep. well has a lot of information also got the facebook feed there as well so you'll be able to keep up to date tony wilson it's been a pleasure having you back on the podcast we'll probably do it again at some point in time hopefully cool thanks mate it's been good about to leave already packing come with me i'm not really asking we'll get away to a place where we don't know another episode of the flat out rc podcast done and dusted big thank you to tony wilson for joining me once again we mentioned in the interview where you can find out more about the Bad Mac Club. I always say Facebook page is probably the best. Um, a lot of Riero modelers that listen to podcasts are also on Facebook. So get on board with the Ben style. But just look up Bad Mac, B-A-D-M-A-C, and uh, you'll be able to keep up to speed with what, what's happening down at the club. It is a great feel that I look forward to heading down that way at some point in time this year. Uh, mid-May muster I think I've penciled into my calendar to, to get on down there I really love that April-May period for flying the weather's a bit cooler um, I like flying in cooler conditions I'm not, I'm not a big fan of flying in the in the heat of summer so anyway uh, mid-May muster I'll, I'll keep you up to speed with what's going on down there anyway um, because I always like supporting clubs uh, don't forget the the Wang Jets events coming up in March as well come on to the Flat Out RC uh, Facebook page and you'll see I think I've posted something up there but um, the VJAA Facebook page as well would have stuff up there so plenty of events happening the, the usuals will be happening we'll remind you throughout the year so anyway that's enough for this week don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can always be notified when there's a new episode I'll see you, see you in a couple of weeks another episode will be back stay tuned